Blog Talk Radio. here on January 8, 2020. I got to change the music for the new year. But there's a few developments I, I actually have followed through on. I got domain names for the regulars. I don't know. They got Twitter names already. I don't know why I had to spend money on them. Alan is now RecruiterAl.com. I know why. So you could, if you don't like what they say, you can harass them on LinkedIn. Kathy is SorcererKathy.com. Michael G. Cox is oh he's Mike Recruiter okay MikeRecruiter.com and Jerry is JerryTheRecruiter.com that's his site I mean he's had that a long time there's tons of good info there okay so I recommend it to anybody uh, who's uh, interested in recruiting forms and anyway okay uh, I'm gonna try a new thing with the ads Nin is actually uh, one of the sponsors is on the line I was talking to him and uh, instead of doing the long ads. I'm going to keep mentioning their names, uh, very short short ads, right through the through the show. Maybe it'll work out a little better. He can tell me if he likes it or not. Uh, what else? Uh, lots of people have told me that I've been way too nice to the guests lately. If I want to keep my audience, i got to be m- more my old self, right? Okay, that's fine with me. But I have to say something else. Somebody from the recruitersphere passed through town this summer, asked me to go for coffee, and, you know, she wanted to impress me, so she told me she goes to a lot of conferences, and a lot of people don't like me. I don't know why, but they don't. <laughs> but we still got a lot of good guests lined up for uh, January and February, starting with today's guest, okay? So without further ado, Jerry, Jerry, show is this? Jerry? This? Is the recruiting animal Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Animal. You're feeling good. Yeah. How would you like it if someone came to visit you and, and they said, you know, lots of people hate you? <laughs> lots of people hate you. Well, for me, that would really surprise me. But I, uh-huh. how could you yeah. be surprised? I wasn't. In fact, I didn't mind. Okay. Anyway, thank you again, Jer, for being back. And yep. I want to thank my sponsors, PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army Knife of recruiting software. Hire Tool, mm-hmm. H-I-R-T-U-A-L, the super duper sourcing tool. And Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the phone interview technology. Uh, Nin Tran from Hire Tool, he's he's here on the line checking to see that we do his ads, but he gets his money's worth. Nin, you want to say hi to everybody? Hello, hello. Okay, yeah, there he's lively. And the guest today. Yeah. I actually like you. There you go. You like me. Okay, great. (laughs) <laughs> You're supposed to say I don't like you because that's what makes me happy. The guest today, Joe Mullings. His uh, Twitter name I didn't buy him yeah. a domain. His Twitter name is J O E M U L L I N G S. Joe, welcome back to the show. It's good to be back, Animal. I'm super excited, and um, I actually. Uh, uh, enjoyed our very first one together. So uh, that, that got me on the radar screen in the public domain. So I'll be forever thankful, my friend. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Okay. You're, we call you the $600,000 man. That's your nickname on this show, right? But we're not going to talk about your marketing practices today. We're going to talk about nuts and bolts recruiting. Okay. And uh, just for a very brief introduction, you focus on medical device companies. Is that right? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Any special titles that are worth mentioning, like, you know, engineer or marketing manager, or, or should we not worry about that? I would not worry about it. We work a full service desk. So last year we made about 320 placements in the med tech world. So finance, marketing, sales, clinical, regulatory, quality, engineering, Everything. 
Okay. Now, I got a question I, I've always wondered about, but I don't think I've ever asked anybody on the show. You specialize in a narrow niche. At least it sounds like a narrow niche to me. Aren't you forced to have a lot of hand, hands-off relationships with your clients? So if you pick up a new client and uh, somebody who would be very good for their job is at one of your current clients, you can't touch any, any people in those companies. How, don't you sort of paint yourself into a corner uh, with regard to sourcing? No, it's a 600, actually it's a $500 billion industry. So, and we work worldwide, so we just don't work in the U.S. About a third of our business is OUS. Um, and then we do have subset specialties within MedDevice. Like we do robotics, we do imaging, we do navigation, and maybe there's 40 or 50 companies, but you only need two big clients to really make an impact and bill a lot. So we never worry about that. Really? I've always worried about that. If you, I always wonder if these people get into a, a niche and, and that they've got hands. You know, when you go to a new client, you don't really tell them, hey, you know what? There's 10 or 20 companies. I can't even look at people from those companies for you, even though they've got great people in there. Okay? Anyway. Anybody else got anything to say about that or, or just let it go? Anybody? And also the agreement, Animal, just, just, just for animals. So, like, we work with some big companies like J&J, who will, Johnson & Johnson, who will own 30, 40 companies. Uh, when we sign a fee agreement and it says you can't recruit out of J&J total, we do not accept that fee agreement. We make them scratch it out that it's only for that franchise that we're working on specifically. Okay, and, and do they ever rebel against you and say, Joe, buzz off, we don't want to talk to you? There are some who walk away from it, but that saves me some time downrange so I don't get you know my ass pinged in the next two years for one of my 30 recruiters pulling somebody out of one of their franchises that didn't realize it. Okay, whoever is eating lunch, do you have to have your fork and knife scraping right near your microphone? Come on. Okay, I want to hear the guest, not you. Okay, That's I forgot Jerry to ask: Are you table. retained or contingent, or both? Uh, we we are we do engaged. So we I I don't I think retained is abusive and 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 foul. Quite honestly, a third up front, a third after thirty days, and a third when you're finally finished. We do a ten thousand dollar engagement fee, non-refundable. And that's fully credited towards the back end fee, which is 25% first year earnings. That's our fee agreement. Okay. Okay. Our, here's, a, here's, here's a nitty gritty question. Are spelling mistakes on a resume an issue for you? 100%. Really? 100%. You want to elaborate on it? Because lots of people say, look, don't toss somebody out for something irrelevant like that. It's very relevant. So if you're only point of contact, let, let, let's, let's use this as an analogy. Let's say somebody was on the phone with you, chatting with you, and they kept on using the word ain't in an inappropriate way. Would that bother you? So if they're it would bother me, but, the, I'm you, not, but maybe I'm wrong to let it bother me, because that's what people say, especially for tech, tech people. Don't worry about their spelling mistakes. It's not an issue. Although I think Jerry, it's an issue for him. Jerry, am I right about that? Yeah, man. Of course. Your calling card's your resume. It's your only point of contact. And if you didn't take time or have enough insight to have somebody proof it for you because you are a lousy speller, that's a thread that I would pull on somebody, and I will discover other things along the way. It tells me you're sloppy and you don't pay attention to detail. Anybody, I want to take, anybody want to take the opposite side? Anybody want to take the opposite side on that? It's not, it's not relevant, you know. Go easy on that. Anybody online want to do that? No? No, well, okay. I, I, I'm okay with doing that. The I I, I and I, but I didn't hear him say that because of spare, spelling errors he would throw somebody out, or 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 is that is that what you're standing by? Uh, I wouldn't make it binary, but what I would say is I would totally it would cause me to dig in deeper than usual on the individual, and I would call them out on of it, course. and I I always do I call them out on on their resume, and then I want to see also how they respond to that. But if there's a number of yeah. inappropriate um, – I don't care as much about grammar because my grammar stinks if you ever follow my writing. But I can tell you I'm a decent speller. And if my only point of contact was my resume, I absolutely – it would put, that, put a big check mark against them. They'd have to oh, overcome why do you, why, What's wrong with grammar? How come grammar is okay? I don't – you know. I, I, okay, yeah. I just said it isn't okay. 
Well, you said it's okay. Uh, you said my grammar's not okay, so I'll let you know this goof get away with bad grammar as well. Okay, that's that's what you said essentially. I've got my own bias to protect. You know, I don't want to ruin my own status. I'm okay, even though I, my grammar. You know, I don't say ain't and I don't spell badly. So you know, I'm going to apply the same rule poorly, to everybody poorly, else. Poorly, I'm going to move on. Poorly. Moving on. Although that not, is Mike Recruiter. MikeRecruiter.com would be difficult. Texas, what about Texas? Grammar is, is bad down there? Is that what you said? No, no. Knocking somebody out immediately because somebody says ain't while uh-huh. you're recruiting in Texas would be would be devastating. Really? Isn't that and a being, sounds and pretty being married to your and being married to your brother too. Uh, no, that's Alabama. Oh, sorry. Wrong okay. okay. Do you ask, I said I'm going to get nitty gritty. Do you ask the greatest weakness question? Do you say, listen, what's Never. your greatest weakness? Never. On a reference call, I'd say, on a reference call, I'll ask them, what in particular were they working on that they needed help with? But I, don't, I never ask, what's the greatest weakness? On a reference calls, you have to ask that question. Because if you provide a reference and there's no gaps or issues with the individual, you didn't do a good reference. I think it's a dangerous okay. question, Animal, the way you phrased it. Well, go ahead. What do you mean? RecruiterAl.com? If somebody, if somebody ever asks, what's your greatest weakness, my, imp- my perception of that person just dropped by 50%. It tells me that they're a less experienced recruiter. It tells me they're, it, it's just, it, it, it's one of those questions. It's one of my pain points on questions. Okay, but you know it's you a standard question. A you, you know, you know it, it is way. a standard question, okay? But I don't I like, like it either. It, yeah, but the You're way asking he, someone the, to slit their own throat. No, no, but you need to ask it in a different, better way, like Joe was saying. What was one thing he needed help with? Where's, where's an area that you could see Jennifer Okay, hold needing- on. Joe, Joe, before we move away from this, what about when yeah. you're talking to the candidate herself? Do you say to her, is there, are there any areas that you feel you need development in? Do you use some kind of tactful way to ask the same question to the candidate herself? Never. Really? Yeah, because typically when I do my recruiting, and I still I, I, I work a very active desk still, um, the, my, my, my recruit calls are super short. It's like, my client needs these five things accomplished. Let's talk about those in particular. I don't care about your resume much more. Can you do A, B, C, and D and explain to me how you did that? I have no reason ex- in, in exploring what they're not good at. Now, if they needed A, a B, C, and D and they lacked C, then I'd ask them, how do I potentially present to you on this opportunity, because you have three of the four, help me there. That's about as deep as I'll go on a weakness situation. Help me cover that gap. Do you have a real, can you remember anybody, a real job, since you say you do it all the time, can you remember a, a real job that you could give us an example for? A real job? That, you know, like yeah, something that you were working, the conversation you had yesterday or last week. Sure. So I just placed a VP of marketing for an interventional radiology robot company, and the individual did not have IR, interventional radiology experience. But I looked to surround it with other experience in the imaging world that I knew would cover the gap, and I knew three out of the other four things he had, it could have been four out of five, but he did have a gap on how we covered it. And oftentimes, missing one item out of four or five usually only is an issue if the person's personality sucks or doesn't jive with the hiring manager. More times than not, I've heard he or she doesn't have everything they have, but I really like them versus, um, you know what, he or she didn't have that one thing. And eh, from a personality, they didn't match to. So, you know, it's, it's rare that you hit 10 for 10 on the asks on a client. And if a client's stuck on that, it's usually because they felt like the person didn't fit culturally. And if okay, you can't get so away, you're, you're, you hold on, it sounds like you're, uh, up, up, up. you're asking the candidate to give you info to sell him or her uh, in spite of the weakness. Is that right? You're saying, isn't that what you said 100%. something a few minutes ago? It, yep. Yep. Go ahead. What yeah, did you say remember, again? What, what I asked them is, you know, I usually will do the three points that they have to cover for what my client wants. They take me through it and I know they're light or they have a full gap in one of those four critical points. I will ask them to surround it with something that rhymes with it or is adjacent to it that I think if I'm going to present them eventually, I can make a cogent argument with the client, and then I'll present the client. 
I have a lot of leverage with my clients because my clients know what I'm doing and we have super successful and a lot of repeat business. So if I take a candidate to the client and I can surround it enough that I'm not going to blow my reputation or I'm going to blow my credibility with the client, my client knows if I surround it enough, they'll know it's a gap, but they're willing to listen to me and TI telephone interview or even face-to-face interview the candidate. But I force the candidate to help me surround that because I don't base it just on the resume, nor do my hiring managers. Okay. Before we go on, I said I'm going to mention the sponsors during the show, okay? I want to thank PC Recruiter, the versatile recruiting software, ultra-configurable. Hire tool, H-I-R-T-U-A-L.com. The super popular sourcing tool. Everybody raves about it all the time. Dude, you spelled it wrong again, man. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L? You didn't say the E. There is? Didn't I? Okay, well, now I did. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Okay, and Honit. You're welcome. Honit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the interview capture technology. I got a feeling he's going to criticize me for saying that, but that's what it is. It's interview capture technology. You'll never have to write a note again. Okay, back to the guest. Don't be so verbose, Joe. Can you just get to the point? Okay, you know what? Answer the question. Don't ramble on. Everyone wants me to be like that. Okay, which questions? Okay, which do you tell your hiring managers which questions to ask? Do you coach the hiring manager? No, I don't coach the hiring manager. I prep the hiring manager because I believe it's a two-way That's the same thing. What's the difference? You prep them, you coach them. What's the difference? No. No, you, you, you started out asking me, do I tell them what questions to ask? I prep the hiring manager on what the candidate wants to see so the candidate, so the, the hiring manager is ready to sell the job. In this marketplace, okay, you've got to sell the candidate. Uh-huh. If you think you're going to interrogate the candidate, you're going to have a hundred dollars to $200,000 a desk like Jerry, and that's not going to work. Uh-huh. Jerry, you know he's giving not, he's uh, giving you it's a backhanded compliment, I guess. Okay, uh, not, not not taking the bait. <laughs> okay, okay. So so uh, love you, Jerry. See. So you you make sure that the client's team sells the job, right? Sells the candidate for what the candidate is looking for before the candidate goes in on a face to face. We ask them what they're going to be looking for in the interview process. We will then tell the hiring manager and the hiring team, we need to be able to answer or be able to supply these four or five questions. If at the end of the interview, they really want this person, they better have addressed them. So they may, one hiring manager may do it all, or they may distribute it amongst the team, but they have to be ready to fulfill what that individual is looking for when they come in. Yeah, because we've heard here that a lot of companies are sloppy. They'll just the person will be out there. They'll throw a bunch of people who are unprepared in to interview him or her. You make sure that doesn't happen. Am I right? Is that 100%. what you're telling yes, us? That's correct. That's okay. correct. I work too hard okay. to get inside the five yard line to have people who don't have as much of an invested interest as I do, i.e., my fee, in getting that placement over the line. Okay. Now, which questions? I don't know, I haven't asked this one for ages. Which questions do you use to debrief the candidate after the interview? Um, the very first question is, are we still interested and why? Okay, what's the second question? It depends on what their answer is. So oh, okay, so it's really, question, that's the focal point. That's the focal, focal point. point. It, I, we, we but these, these we other points beforehand. that you... These other points that you were selling the, the, the hiring manager on to ask or to cover during the interview, do you go through those one at a time and make sure that they were handled? Yeah, so our debrief is before you even go in, they, when they leave, they've got to call us up within 15 minutes after they leave the uh, interview. If, and that's the agreement I have with the hiring manager. And the reason I have that is because we have an agreement. So if I don't hear from you, I'm going to assume it's bomb squad and you're not interested. But I need you to give me a call afterwards, and I'm going to ask you how it went, and do we still want to move forward? And then after that, if they say yes, I'll say, cool, what were the interesting points, and why do you still want to move forward? And then that will drive the follow-up questions from there. If that's what you have to make it really simple, because if you go down a recipe list of things, it's going to, it's going to feel so pedantic, and it's going to be feel, feel so contrived, it's not going to work. Okay. So do these hiring managers – 
do they obey you or, or follow through on the agreement, or do lots of them not call back and you have to chase them? Well, that was for the candidate. That, and then for the hiring manager, um, I'd say 50% of the time within the workday, they'll get back to us. That's the beauty of text because we don't wait for the phone call. We'll, we'll hunt them down. Because oh, so the candidates, the time, hold on, the candidates, hold on, you're dealing with senior people. You just <laughs> mentioned the VP marketing. They will get yeah. back to you within 15 minutes. How often? The more, se- what the more senior the candidate, the more senior the candidate, the more um, compliant they are to our requests because they're pros and they know that I have access to these hiring managers and I influence decision. It's the two to three year people who are the biggest dinglings in the hiring process and the biggest dinglings in order to negotiate <laughs> compensation for them. Okay. I don't feel I'm exciting, Joe. I like to hear these basic things, but does anybody else have a question for him? They think I'm, you know, spending time on on irrelevant stuff. Does anybody else want to talk to him? Anybody? No? Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay. So the hiring manager, is that in the fee agreement that the hiring manager has to call you back same day after an interview? Yes. Not not the same day, but it's in our fee agreement, yes. What, like 48 hours? Is what's what's the time frame? Yeah, is I got it. Specified? Uh, somebody, yeah, I'll get a fee agreement for you while I'm waiting here. Can you get somebody to print out a fee agreement for me? Yeah, I'll get a fee agreement for you. Yes, the answer is that they've got to get back to us in a certain amount of time. Okay. If the candidate's willing to accept the, the offer, says yeah, okay, but they don't really sound enthusiastic. Are you going to advise her to reconsider? Good question. It's a case by case basis. You know, we beat the shit out of candidates to get to the offer. So by the time the offer come, it's anticlimactic. Um, you know, that we, we put them through because I, I don't like acceptances and then no shows or uh, renegotiations. So by the time we say, yeah, I'm going to take it, uh, we've, we've done a pretty good job of cementing that offer. Okay, hold on a second. It sounded like you took you had a very light hand with the candidates. You say only ask them three questions, and if they have what, what I'm looking for, that's fine. If they have a gap, I ask them how I can sell them anyway. And now you're saying you beat the shit out of them. I mean, it doesn't sound like it to me. What does that mean? <laughs> I beat the shit out of them. Well, here's the thing. All right. So, are you married, by the way? What are you asking me personal questions for? You answer the questions I ask you. To ask your wife, do you or, think somebody uh, would marry him, Joe? I well, you know, I'm just trying to be. I'm, I'm trying to be respectful. Do you have a Do you have a pet? Do you have a pet? Forget about me, okay? You just answer the questions. Don't dodge. Listen, listen. I'm not dodging. What What you've got to do, our belief is is I've got to get you to honestly answer me in freestyle as much as possible. Because then what I can do is I can start to get you into the corner I want to put you in. But if I ask you some very, very specific questions, a menu, you're going to play defense against me. Because if I, the, the more specific questions I start out with, the less ability I am to get sort of a higher fidelity answer signal from you. So what I do is I start out really generic and start bouncing you to what I believe is going to be the tough point based upon the candidate data sheet and all the information I have on you. So I, on purpose, we start out super broad and then start to sort of bounce you to the corner of the conversation, we think, based on our experience with you. Oh, okay, hold on a sec. You know what? Oh, no, no. You know, if I didn't interrupt you, you would just talk forever, Joe. Okay? I mean, yeah, you're well, a good you're talker. But that doesn't work on this show. <laughs> and I just have to tell you, you pulled the rug out from under me right then and there. Because first you said, look, I don't ask them what their weaknesses are. I have three or four things that I'm looking for. Boom, I just get on and ask them if they have that. And yeah, we're ready to go. Now you're saying, I don't ask them anything direct. It's so vague, you know. <laughs> That's complete contradiction to what you said before. Can you clarify, clear it up for me or, or not? Just say, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Whatever you want. Can you clear that no, up for I, me? I, 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 scenario dictates animal i mean you 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 can't pin somebody's shoulders to the mat if it's inappropriate or it's going to shut them down so scenario dictate if i have somebody who's more than happy to give me all kinds of detail on an answer i'll ask her or him really pointed questions but if i know that i've got to sort of go about it in a very sort of loose-handed way to get to where i have to go so it, it, it goes from candidate to candidate conversation to conversation 
Yeah, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, let's move on. You mentioned ghosting. for him. Go ahead. Hey, Joe, um, I, I, found your, uh, I found that you put that in your fee agreement, the 48 hours, 24 hours, interesting, because I used to have something similar in, in an agreement I used to use. What else would you say is in your agreement that would be a little bit more unique in comparison to the, all the BS generics that, agreements that are out there? Yeah. Um, you know, our, first of all, I got it in front of me. Thanks for getting it for me, guys. Uh, our agreement is probably one and a quarter pages long. Um, and all it has is exclusivity, what our process is, the fee structure, the hiring manager, and access to the hiring manager. We don't deal with HR. Um, cancellation fee, uh, and then candidate ownership, and then candidate guarantee. So that's it. So there's nothing magical in there. But um, And by the way, I... I, I honestly think a fee agreement should be almost an incidental in the process. Mm-hmm. I, still do search, I still do searches where I don't even get signed fee agreements. And I've never been burnt that I know of. Okay. Al, finished, Al? Are you finished? Well, actually, I have a, a, this is just kind of a, a, a fan comment is I emailed him, and I just wanted to say he's got a good company animal because I had a question about something, about a, about a WordPress site. They transferred me to their guy. We talked for a few minutes. He answered my questions. He was professional. He was nice. He had a sense of humor. Whatever he does culturally, he's doing good work internally. He pays. Uh, my guess is he pays. He's willing to pay the money to get the, the, the good people. Okay, But he trains people. He actually, I think Joe told us before, we don't have time to talk about it right now, he hires offbeat people who've had to struggle with something. Am I right? Do I remember correctly, Joe? Yeah, no, you're right, Animal. So I need somebody who's had a massive dose of adversity in their life for them to come to work for us because to work here is will absolutely steal your soul in a good way, and I don't need your first bout of adversity to be at my expense. Yeah, do you teach them tactical breathing like they do in the uh, SEALs for the snipers to calm down? I do. Down? We do. We, 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 yeah, we do, we do four-square breathing, if you know what that is. I'll give you a lesson real quick. Oh, yeah, like want. box breathing, right? Yep. Okay. You want to tell, yeah, you tell, you you tell everybody uh, – you can tell them right now if you like. Me. Right, everybody all together, and it depends on your count, depends how good you are. So you inhale for 10 seconds, really slow. Hold it for 10 seconds on the other side of the box. <laughs> Breathe it out for 10 seconds on the other side of the box. And then sit with nothing in your lungs on the other side of the box. And yeah, then do 10 that. 10 seconds for- is for scuba divers, okay? Ten seconds is for scuba divers. Four seconds is for normal people. I'll just I'll just add that. I want to move on. I want to move on, but first I want to mention the sponsors again. PC Recruiter, the super versatile recruiting software. Go to PCRecruiter.net. Hire tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super duper sourcing tool. Very popular. HireTool.com. Apparently it's supposed to be Hire Chool, but I don't pronounce it that way. And hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T, the interview capture technology, the phone interview capture technology, okay? Nick is coming on the show. He's the CEO. He can criticize my presentation then. Okay. Uh, hey, Adam, a quick question been... on the sponsors. A yeah. quick question on the sponsors. And just, yeah. um, you know, so we use PC Recruiter here, by the way, and I'm a big fan of it. Um, does anybody I in saw the you audience... tangling. I saw you tangling with Marty on on my my Facebook group. He's really well, Marty was trying to talk about rec- yeah. He was trying to talk about recruiting and marketing, and um, he does neither. So, but 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 then he and he told me that branding and reach don't matter. But then there was a little statement that he thanked you. Anyway, for the go on. I I I, yeah. I took you off on a tangent. What did you want to okay. say? So, so what did you want to say? You know, I'm, I'm going to say it. So, does anybody in the audience have a Swiss Army knife? Yeah, okay. And where is it? It's in the back of the drawer in the kitchen. Marty, get rid of the Swiss Army knife reference for recruiting. Nobody uses a Swiss Army knife because it doesn't do anything well. If I need okay. a saw, I'll go in the garage and get a saw. Lose it, Marty. Uh, I don't think it's that bad, okay? But Joe, I, gave it Joe to me. I, hate, I, I hate to take the other side of this argument, but I got a Swiss Army knife within reach all the time. Yeah, okay. Well, you're the odd one. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Ghosting. Okay. You mentioned ghosting. You don't want any ghosting. Jerry said, if you're in business today, you're going to be ghosted. Okay. So, wh- what's your experience with ghosting? 
A recruiter hmm. complained just the other day he spent 30 minutes prepping a candidate the night before a video interview only to have him no show. Everybody's saying it, it's uncontrollable. What's your experience? Well, I don't believe it's uncontrollable. I think the less skilled recruiter or the more desperate recruiter is going to get ghosted a lot more than a highly skilled recruiter and, and, and somebody who has good client candidate control. So, you know, unfortunately, every recruiter is not the same. Ghosting is going to occur, especially if you kick up your volume and then you just got lousy skills and lousy candidate control and you choose to work with anybody. So look, everybody's going to get ghosted. But if that's more the norm than the exception, that you should probably get out of the business or do a much better job of training. So you get ghosted. Under what circumstances do you get ghosted? And you said uh, a junior recruiter or uh, an inexperienced recruiter is going to happen to him or her more than an experienced person. What can you do to make a difference with regards to ghosting? Obviously, you think there is something. Yeah, there is. So first of all, earlier and stronger control. Uh, explain the rules of engagement with the candidate when you start working with them and make them non-negotiable. How, 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 how? I want to hear it exactly how you do it. I'm going to give you, no, I'll give you, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. So up front, when I say I'm going to be working with somebody, I get permission to text them and I get permission to call them whenever I need them. If they don't answer my texts within the business day, unless there's been something catastrophic that happened in their life, we're probably not going to work together again. So it's just like training a dog. It's what you do in the first three to four months that you have a dog operant conditioning, you let them know. And then if they move outside the control limits, and believe me, I love candidates. Candidates drive the world. Clients do not. Then I make sure that that candidate knows, sorry, bro, we're not going to work together. And I shut them down. Because if they're going to start playing that game early or midstream in the, in the process, I'm going to have no control over the close. And always to make sure I have insurance, I've got two or three super solid candidates in queue who are playing the ball with us. So you, yeah, but you can only do that if, if you think you can have a bunch of good candidates in addition to this person you want to get rid of. Uh, if you've got someone who's really harder. good, get I don't see how you could dump the them. Get more candidates what? in the queue. Get more candidates in the process. That's you know what? If you're working a on a, a very nope. specific nope kind nope. of job nope. it's not that nope. easy to to you know stack it up with a, a you know a bunch of replaceable candidates absolutely uh, yeah, is. that's an excuse absolutely is you can every search in the world look how many morons are running for president don't tell me that it's not hard to get that it's hard to get candidates i got i got 17 people showing up for the top job in the world okay those candidates for president they volunteer themselves okay well no, the people and, elected and, them and, well, anyway, it is, this is much more exacting. If you're bringing a, a, a candidate and it can't be some schmo, to get good candidates, I don't think you can treat them that uh, cavalierly, especially – Call mutual in respect. This... Oh, mutual okay. respect. So, and so, so you say, look, VP or whatever you are, this is how we're going to work, and I'm sorry, but if you don't follow the rules, you're out. Do you say it like that or that we won't be able no, to do business not. together? Absolutely not. Absolutely well, What not. do you say? I'll, I'll say, Todd, listen, we've got you going into the VP search tomorrow. This is the second interview. What are the things that you're going to be looking for? Blah, 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 he tells me, right? And then when I say, okay, here's what I need. I need you to give me a call. As soon as you hop in the car, you got the cell phone, great. It says you're going to be done by 1130. Can you hop on the phone with me? Quick five minutes. Just give me a download. Are we still a thumbs up on this or are we still a, or are we thumbs down on this and why? Can we do that? Great. If I don't hear from you, I'm just going to assume, Todd, that you're not interested in moving forward on that. Are we okay with that right now? Sure, Joe, that sounds great. Boom. It's as simple as that. That's, that's my debrief prep. And when Todd doesn't call me, I will text him. And if he ghosts me, and VPs never ghost me, so I will tell you that. I get ghosted by the two to five year, year people for the most part. Okay. Okay. Uh, here's something. It's, it's this, candidate this... control. Animal yeah, candidate okay. well, control. Well, they're hard to control. They're hard to nah. control. Nah. Well, obviously, lots of people are having problems. The CEO of Corn Ferry, I'm going to quote him. He said, negotiators with a tough and firm communication style achieve better outcomes than those who are warm and friendly. You seem like a, a fairly warm and friendly person, but just now you showed us <laughs> your sort of dark side. Am, am I right about that? In a negotiation, are you warm and friendly or tough and firm like he prefers? Warm and firm. 
Warm and firm. Just what like does I like that my, mean? Just like, just like I like Firmly. my women. <laughs> okay, let's pass on. You don't want to answer that question. Okay. <laughs> he answered it, but you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to censor it out. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, let me see. Uh, the intake session. One recruiter complained. I wasn't well. And she's, she's got a PhD and she's got a senior job and she was at at, at a, a number of big um, management consulting firms. She said I wasn't well versed in what to look for in candidates other than keywords. Joe, do you ever take searches for jobs that you've never worked on before? And are you working with just you know buzzwords? How do you manage that? Yeah, we take searches on all the time that we've not previously worked because we end up servicing a client on, on, on the whole for the most part. I'd say 70% of our business are startups. So with that, I've got to do IP attorneys, which we don't do very often. I've got to do CFOs, but then I have to do VPs of engineering, heads of marketing, and then we have to learn new therapies within med tech. So let's just start there. On buzzwords, yeah, you, you've got to understand the buzzwords, but then you've got to have a substance and subject matter to it. You can't just use the buzzword without context around it. It's your responsibility, if you really want to be a true recruiter, is to understand what the hell does an algorithm do, right? What is CAC if you're running an advertising, right? So you've got to, when a client rattles that stuff out, you've got to be courageous enough to be, pause for a second, Sally, tell me what that is, and I'll do my homework. Sally's going to be more than happy to tell you what that is. And then it's your homework to put context around those buzzwords. I'm not surprised a PhD person had that issue with that, by the way, but that's a whole nother okay. subject. Okay, so your intake sessions, how, uh, for the, for the, first of all, you're a generalist. You didn't tell us that at the beginning, but you're a really, it sounds like pretty much a generalist, uh, and uh, you think that you can do as good a job as someone who's working the same kind of searches again and again. Yes or no? I want to buy yes. what you called a binary answer on that one. Yes. You think that you can do as good a search on something you've never worked on before as somebody who works it all the time, am I right? Yes. Oh, before let me let me let me just go off on a tangent. I went out with a, a guy I used to work with, a fantastic recruiter. We went out to uh, develop a, a new client, and uh, he said to he was in a really smart guy, nice guy, and and we had all kinds of rapport because my friend uh, rode motorcycles and this guy rode motorcycles. They all talked about it. And this was a big retail company, and he said, how many searches like this, this was these retail searches, have you guys worked in the past year? And we said three. He said, I'm dealing with uh, uh, recruiters who work on 50 of those searches. As soon as I call them, they just got to open their drawer, and they've got people. You're obviously not going to fall for that, but he knocked us right out. What should I have said back to that guy? Well, First of all, it's more about the domain and the market than it, in, it is the job description, because if it's only around the job description, then you can just use artificial intelligence or machine learning and do a, a, a search uh, using you know, an algorithm or technology. Recruiting is not about matching up technical words. Recruiting is matching up so many more components of the personal and professional and technical experience. To me, you're going to answer this question. Skill- you're going to answer this question at some point, right? Okay, that's just a yeah. long intro. Okay, what should yeah. I have said? What should you have said there? What yeah. was the position? I need more information. What was the position that you had no experience in? I, you know, to tell you the truth, uh, those were retail. There was any, you know, it was a, just like you were talking about diverse jobs within, you know, a certain sector. This, he, he had all kinds of searches, but they were a big retail company, and that's what he was interested in, people who worked okay, in retail. Okay, so my answer is, let me answer it for you. Let me answer it for you. Are you more interested in me knowing the buzzwords, or are you more interested in me knowing the market that you're in and the ability to sell the technology that your company's in and who that person's going to become over the next five years? Or do you just want somebody who has a whole bunch of resumes with those buzzwords on them? Then I would stare at the hiring manager like a mental patient across the table. That's how I would answer that. Okay. Okay, and you think it would work, okay? But uh, it didn't it work for us. Time. We we well. had a really fun conversation and it steamrolled us right at the end. And the same thing, we 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 went out to a lot of visits back then, and we went. I remember we went to a, a big legal firm, and we both recruited lawyers. He said, "I'm going to deal with people who work exclusively with uh, with lawyers." So that's that's what happened with us. But anyway, you're a generalist, uh, and are there any specific 
specific questions that, you know, in this intake session that you ask. You were given an example for an algorithm. So how long are those intake sessions? I think that's where I, I started before I diverged. Um, if it's a first-time client animal, it could be 30 minutes. If it's a repeat client, it's probably anywhere from 5 to 10 minutes. Um, and I don't even go over the job description. So before our intake call, we ask for a, we ask for a position description. Um, then we do our homework on that. And, of course, we do our homework on the company and the market beforehand. And then we just, on our intake call, why is the position open? How long it's been open? How long you've been covering the position? Where's the comp? I need to know the comp before I know the position um, explanation. Because to get the, I can ask better questions if I think they're underpaying for it or if I think their comp is in the right marketplace, I could start to guide them on their wish list if I know, and, you, and, and if you've recruited before, you know this, paying somebody at 120 and paying somebody at 180, the range of experience is acceptable and findable in the marketplace. Oftentimes, our clients don't really know what market is, even if they go to the silly surveys online. And we back them out of that very often as well, because those surveys don't take all the consideration. And, and that's what being a niche market player allows you to do is we have our own yeah, hold on, but wait a second we're talking here about searches that you've never worked before and now you're saying you're only on the, am I, I don't know if i'm boring everybody you're only on the phone with them for 10 minutes hi i thought no. you have to ask, you're willing to ask them you're willing repeat, to show repeat, i thought it sounded client. before repeat wait a client. second wait a second joe it sounded before like you were willing to, you know, open the kimono and say, look, I don't know anything about this job. You have to I tell me. That. And you, I didn't say that. Oh. I didn't say I didn't know anything about this job. You asked me if it's a position that I had not done before, which is entirely yeah. different than me not knowing the job. Look, I, I've never done an IP attorney before in the interventional cardiology catheter world. But I know enough about the market, interventional cardiology, the catheter world, and every other position that surrounds that, as well as the marketplace, I can easily work my way through the three or four important terms or backgrounds on an IP attorney in San Francisco or Open Zipper, Iowa. That's not hard for me to do, and I can convince my hiring manager that we can do that. Okay, so that's where you had an advantage over me because you specialized in you special, you're saying your background in the industry supports you even when you don't know the specific job that you're uh, taking an assignment for. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but okay. Let me mention my sponsors again. PCRecruiter.net, the customizable. I'm taking your, your your advice. The customizable, versatile recruiting software, and, and Joe uses it. And you can tell that Joe's a smart guy. Hire tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L dot com, the super popular sourcing tool. Check it out. He's got all kinds of free stuff at their, at their website you can experiment with. And hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T dot com, the online interview capture, phone interview capture technology. Okay? They're getting more mentions than they've had before. I think this way is better than the longer Much versions, better. but I can alternate Much from better. show to show. Okay, Joe, what you know, I'm get, you can see the kind of things that I'm interested in today. The really basics. Uh, are there things that you think I should be talking about, or you'd like to talk about that I haven't? I got tons of questions, but that I haven't touched on. What would you like to talk uh, about? You train. If you want to train, yeah. People. If you want to, yeah, I train a lot of people. So. Um, as a headhunter, you got to read a lot. If, if you're not doing a, a, a voracious amount of reading in your industry or area of expertise, and you're not staying on top of all those either market information or trends, if you're working software desk or, or whatever, you've got to be a voracious reader. You should be reading five to 10 hours a week on industry knowledge, market knowledge, or the emerging skill sets. That, that, that's something that you know, we haven't talked about is how do you build your skills? Because you've been talking about execution, and execution is important, but it only becomes appropriate and powerful on the preparation. And so I think you've got to do an enormous amount of reading. And if you don't specialize in a market, I don't think you'll be in the business in the next five years making any meaningful money. Okay. So this is, uh, this is, this is key, in other words. So when you, somebody comes into your office, they're a new recruiter, They've had life struggles, but they've never been a recruiter before. And you want to advise them about this reading. What do you point them to? What do you tell them to read? 
So we've got a library when you come in. Uh, we give you reading for uh, uh, persuasion. We give you reading for uh, uh, your own psychological management. We give you uh, 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 sales training. Uh, we then give you a number of links to probably the top five or seven markets within the medical device industry that we specialize in. And then we expect you to do your own homework and do your reading on it. And then each search is selected on your desk, especially your first three months, 90 days, specifically to surround. So you're able to get design, quality, regulatory, finance, uh, marketing. And then we we have you go out and read relative to that job description. And right away, when I ask you to write the job description, the pitch to the person, if it's not appropriate, I know you're not doing your homework. And then I've got a behavioral issue with you. So we just don't have you read for the sake of reading. We have you read specifically based on the search you're doing, because we will control the first at least 10 searches you're ever going to work on. And we surround our med tech industry appropriately that way, whether you're in Okay, so hold on. Let's bring, it, let's bring it down to the real world level. So you give somebody yeah. a search. Give us an example of the search, and then give us an example of where you say, oh, we give them seven links. To what? I don't know. To you know, trade, trade journals or, or, or LinkedIn profiles? What? What's going on here? I, I don't have a clear view. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's a young man in my office right now who's doing a work, doing a search for Olympus Corporation, which does a number of products, but Japanese company uh, located up in Southborough, Massachusetts. And this is in the ENT, eyes, nose, and throat. And it's a handheld device that delivers energy into the ENT area, right? So that person is going to get market information on the ENT market. That person's going to get information on the greater Boston area. That person's going to get information on Olympus and what everything from financials down to each of the uh, uh, sort of sub-industries that Olympus is in because they're in the number of them, right? And then they're going to understand what does that actually, there's two searches, an R&D and a systems engineer, and let's call it the software because it's even a little more complex. Then they're going to understand where in the software stack that they're going to be recruiting in, and they're required to read all of that and be prepared for that so they do a better job of writing the pitch and then asking appropriate questions and allowing them to sell the company, the location, the market, because that's what we do. We don't sell a job. We rarely sell a job. We sell the company, the market, and the leadership, and then finally sell the job specs. Does that help? Okay. Okay. Well, I'd like to know how you sell the leadership, but let's put that to the side. First of all, we were talking about the intake session with the client, so you don't look like a dummy. And you told me one of the ways that happens is that you do a lot of reading about the industry. What you're talking about now is – Somebody else picked up the uh, job assignment, the search assignment. You've got a junior person uh, who's going to do the sourcing, I guess, and, and the recruiting. And so you point him uh, to uh, a lot of links about her, about the co- I think he said him, uh, her about the company and, and the product and stuff like that. I was talking about the other end. So you can be prepared to talk to the hiring manager at the front end about a, a job that you've never worked before. That's what I'm interested okay. in. I'll give you a specific. I'll give you a specific. So we got a call two weeks ago for a company located out of uh, Proxima is located out of the UK, uh, female CEO, uh, MD, and they use a teletherapeutic um, platform that's in the ICU, CCU setting, intensive care, critical care unit setting. And they're able to do teleproctoring for surgery in there. I knew nothing about that industry. Before I sat on my intake call, I went into, obviously, the Internet, and I did all the searches on adjacent technologies to that and those that compete with that technology. And then I went on LinkedIn to find other people who were working at those companies and saw what that, their backgrounds were. That allowed me to form anywhere from seven to ten questions that, as I did the intake call with the job description in front of me, give a high level of confidence to that. Okay. CEO okay. Okay. Oh, no, just on. one follow-up question. People might think I, you know, I'm beating this to the ground, but when you picked up, when you arranged, when you had that first call, was this with an existing client or was it with a new, was it like a new business development? And it, which, in which case you'd go in without having any specific uh, assignment that you could read about, you know what I mean? How- yep. Correct. So, so we're not going to talk about marketing today because that's, I, seem to always talk about but this was a call in jo which is 80 percent of our business are calling okay JO so that's the thing marketing. with you yeah people people know who, who joe is because of his uh 
a constant, I'm going to say it is constant, ongoing uh, social media marketing. So most of your clients, you're saying now 80% are coming to you, which is a, a huge bonus. Am I right about that? Correct, yes. Okay, so you don't really have to – once they call you, you don't have to sell them, right? They're, no, they're ready to work. That's, that's, that's that a right? good point, right? Yeah, so my, uh, almost all of our business is calling, correct, and not repeat business calling, new business calling as well. Okay, well, why don't you tell us a bit about your new TV uh, show that you're, you're posting about a lot. Of. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Animal. Um, so true well, no, you can plug any – I usually I ask at the beginning. You can plug anything you want. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'd rather be here trying to give valuable information to people who work at recruiting desk, not how to make a docu-series, but I'll take it. I'll take the lead anyway. So truefuture.tv is a docu-series around the medical device industry around the world. Can you spell that? That's not, not spelled normally. Can you spell, spell it? Sure. T-R-U-E-F-U-T-U-R-E.tv. Truefuture.tv. Okay, okay, so it is spelled yeah. normally. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, okay. And so what we do is... <laughs> After 30 years in the industry, I've got incredible access to all of these companies and all these CEOs, and they are happy for us to come in and highlight the tech, the culture, the people, and the parts of the country, so we, the world. So we just got back from two weeks in Israel. We're shooting down on the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. We were walking through the streets, depending on your belief system, where the big guy walked with the cross on his back. We were you know, in the countryside working on digital surgery, all kinds of technologies, and what we do, the easiest way for me to do this, and my director of photography hates when I explain it this way, is think of Anthony Bourdain in Parts Unknown, where he was talking about food. We travel the world, meet really interesting people, and highlight their culture and technology sitting around a bar, a restaurant, or their, their lab, or the hospital talking about their tech in a really cool, high-end way. Okay, so you haven't. Uh, I've I've just recently. I, I'm going to say in the last month, seen seen those postings from you. How long have you been putting them up? We started. I think our first shoot was Flagstaff last year in April, maybe. I'm looking at my team. April or so. Oh, so it's so been, it's been first, quite a while then. Uh huh. So what's the feedback from make, the market? That didn't make it to the screen. That didn't make it to the screen till August, September though. So uh, because to put that out takes a long time. The, the impact has been tremendous. Uh, we're in conversations right now with uh, large media. You know, we, we are going to get this, whether it's a, a Netflix or whether it's an Amazon or whether it's a Facebook watch or whether it's CNN, Discovery. So we have a high level of confidence it'll end up there. But what's been more important is it's highlighted an industry that's never been highlighted before with the kind of swagger I like to bring to the table. And they are super happy and super supportive of it. So it's actually helped our business quite a bit. Each of those episodes, because I love doing this, runs me around two to $250,000 to put out. And it's paid itself back in business for the Mullings Group. Okay. Anybody got a question about that? Okay. And come up with that idea. What's that? How did you come up with that idea? The TV show. This is a real hot. TV show. Yeah. No, look, I, you know, it, it's the... It's the access to, you know, the people. And I hear all these great stories all the time in the seat I sit in as a recruiter. And, you know, I get to live vicariously over the phone to them. I mean, we do a lot of traveling. And I have a great marketing team, as you know, over the years. And we just sat around one day. I'm like, listen, somebody needs to highlight this in a really interesting swagger way. It's a $500 billion a year industry and nobody's doing it. And so we decided we were going to go all in. And, and, and play big. And look, it's paying off. It's paying off in every direction we look, whether it's TMG business, whether it's the show itself, whether it's our production company, we even have. Yeah, we're, talk, we're interested in. The, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll tell you the truth. I was surprised that you're going to sell it to uh, mass media. Uh, but let me switch back to before. There's only a few minutes Somebody's left. I had a couple. Uh, and you can come on later on and I'll ask you the rest of my questions. But but uh, this one is what I wanted to ask. Since so you said you're dealing with startups, right? And somebody yeah. uh, somebody wrote the other day that you know in a startup, uh, some of these uh, positions are very important and they can make or break the company. Uh, so I'm wondering if if you as a recruiter take responsibility for for quali quality of hire. Because lots of people yeah, say our, our responsibility as a recruiter stops after you know they make the selection. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I'm wondering what your your point of view is. 
Look, I, I think it, it, it revolves around the philosophy of how you want to build your business. There's a reason why we get a tremendous amount of business from startups, and there's a reason why as those startups get sold and they start up another startup company, they call us back. I've taken Animal over the years and done pretty well equity instead of a full fee in those startups, so they know I've got skin in the game. So I'm absolutely 100% invested with every single one of my startup clients. They feel that. They see that. We replace candidates beyond guarantees, 100%. So, yeah, I, I, I love that ecosystem. So you're, saying, like so, so you're saying the recruiter is responsible for retention as well, which every recruiter says, no, I'm not responsible. I don't have control after the person comes on. But you're saying you go even beyond the guarantee. And so you yeah. are accepting responsibility for retention. Do you think every recruiter Absolutely. should do that? No. How, well, what about with the argument that, you know, I'm not the manager. I can't guarantee how this person is going to be managed or what's going on in, in this person, the candidate's life after he or she starts with the company. What about that argument? The key to my answer on that is you asked me about startup. I would not step out one day beyond a 30-day guarantee to a Johnson & Johnson, a Medtronic, or a billion-dollar company. I would not step outside one day. In other words, I've had that conversation before, plus or minus a couple of days. There's no way, because corporate is a big shit show. But when you are a startup company, and you're working closely with the CEO, and you can influence the process, and you are asking to influence the process, and you're asking to have a seat at the table really influencing the decision, you better, if you really want to play in the big leagues for a long time, take full responsibility beyond your contract. Okay, and, and you say that you're willing to accept part of your fee on a regular basis in Not stocks. on a regular basis. That... I select. I select. I select. Well, what do you say to the person? I really like your company. If you want to pay me, you can give me stocks instead of cash. Is that what you do? When we, you yes. When we, yes. When we, when we negotiate the initial contract, I ask them if I really think the leadership and the tech is there. And because I understand the market so well, I'm pretty good at this. I will say, would you consider giving part of the fee in preferred stock as well as cash. And I take 50-50 on a lot of times that I have done it. I'll take 50% to make sure I cover the commission for my search consultant, and then I'll take my own profit 50% on stock. Oh, wow. Anybody want to comment on that? I mean, uh, there was lots of people on the line, but it's just, just you and me. I mean, there, must, there hasn't been a lot of complaints. Uh, no, I, I agree know. with his uh, viewpoint. I've been offered that when I used to work with a lot of startups, but I, it would be on a case-by-case, and I think I only did it once, and it, and it only sort of worked out. But yeah, it didn't make it. Yeah, you you you're still on the phone with I, me. I, I've, taken, <laughs> I've taken a bath at times on stock. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But, you know, but, but I've also done a 7 to 8x return in, in, in some of the others. But more importantly, I've gotten other JOs and other searches because they know I'm in their corner with them. And when the board sees, look, the biggest thing in a startup is controlling the burn. If I can take a $50,000 fee, bang it down to 25000 and then I'm willing to put my own skin in the game with that board because the board has to approve that, they're like, right. dude, I like this guy. And plus, now it makes it easier than ever because they're like, we want Joe Mullings working on these because he's a lightning rod because, God damn it, he shows up on our feet every day whether I like it or not. And he's got access to everybody. So it sort of helps a lot. See, he sees it. See, I like the way he takes it, Animal, because he takes it not only as a business decision, but as, an inve as a marketing investment for the yeah, long run. No, no, no. Everything he does, I mean, I don't know. He sounds like he's got the Midas touch. Everything he does works, although he just said it doesn't always work. He's taking a bath on no, some of those. Uh, I'm taking a bath. I don't know. You might want to ask him about his soybean investments in China. Uh, yeah. uh, I, no, I only invest in soybean in Brazil. <laughs> That's because of the jujitsu. We'll talk about that another time. That's the end of the show, Joe. I don't know. I got a feeling people are going to complain to me. I asked about you know two you know petty topics, but I want to hear how someone who obviously has a big picture view deals uh, on a one to one basis with the, the candidates and you know how they get An them animal to on my call desk back. on a reference point. I, I built two point seven million on my desk last year. So for those that are going to say he's an owner. I work a desk. I don't have a private office. I'll take a picture of it afterwards and send it to you after we hang up. I, I did 2.7 last year on my desk. Post it on the, post it on the Facebook group. What yeah, is it? RecruitingTricks.com. You know where it is. Okay, it is. everybody. Joe Mullings. J-O-E-M-U-L-L-I-N-G-S. I should have done another ad, but they'll have to wait till next week. Thank you! <laughs>